Hey everybody, it's Evangelist Andy. I want to welcome each and every one of you to the Street Disciples. Today's episode is entitled, How Long I Gotta Wait? Hashtag The Upper Room. Pentecost is coming, and as believers in Christ, we must be ready. This day is just as significant as Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. This is the day that God chose to pour out his spirit on his people, and we are going to talk about it. So I hope you are ready with an open heart, an open mind, and open ears to receive this word. So stay tuned. Get your spirit right. Come on. It's time for the disciples to dig deep. Let's go. Hey, everybody. (laughs) We're going to try this again. So I hope that everyone can hear me. I am happy that each and every one of you have decided to come to second service. The time is now 4.15. So I am happy that you have chosen to join me today. Listen, I'm really excited about today's second service. Number one, we have God has given me a great word to encourage uh, the disciples. And first of all, shout out to all of the pastors, preachers, evangelists, everyone who has been spreading the word of God on today because I stopped by a couple of services today and I'm telling you, I was strengthened, I was encouraged, and I was ready for second service. I was like, what time is it? It's not four yet? (laughs) Thank you to all the the co-laborers and those who have been working in ministry throughout this pandemic, title or no title, just God bless everybody who has been fulfilling the commandment of Christ by going and making more disciples, by spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, by loving thy neighbor as thyself, by putting no one above God. So shout out to all of y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. I see you. Hey, Hope, love, peace. Hey, I like that. <laughs> hey, Derek Thomas. Hey, Jasmine. Hey, Lucianne. And hey, Kimberly, before she even come on. Because <laughs> I, I know how she is. She'd be like, what? You went live and I wasn't there? <laughs> so thank you, Jasmine, for tagging her. Because <laughs> I don't want no problems. Welcome, everybody. Second service is starting. Now, we are preparing for the promise of God. And because Bible class was interrupted for whatever reasons, we are going to cover it on today. There's something very specific that God is, is trying to get us prepared for. And I received the confirmation this morning throughout the different sermons that I had listened to because I was at first like, Lord, uh, you sure you want to tell these people this? <laughs> They might feel some kind of way. (laughs) And then I listened to uh, a few other pastors uh, preaching and I was like, you know what? That's confirmation that, yep, they need to know. So I am happy that you all are here. We are coming from the book of Acts, the first chapter, um, because remember, Pentecost is on the way. Pentecost is next Sunday, seven days. 
and then the outpour of the Holy Spirit will come. Oh my goodness. Listen, as an evangelist, um, in my study, in my preparation for my examination, I was just like, I got to know about Jesus. I just need to study Jesus. And I'm telling you, in studying and learning Jesus, I got to know the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is that fire. <laughs> okay. Jeremiah said, felt like fire shut up in his bones. I'm telling you, that hot, holy fire mm, is something amazing. So, again, we're in the book of Acts. And I want you to actually read the whole chapter. Um, it's 26 verses for those people that's like, how long is that? <laughs> it's 26 verses. That's it. And it's very vital. The, the book of Acts um, is about what did the disciples do after Jesus left, after he ascended? What did they do? What do you do now? What do you do? So <laughs> this is uh, the book of Acts, and it is a collective uh, work. Now, when I was studying it, I I looked at it. You know, there were 12 disciples, one betrayed, and it actually tells you in the first chapter of Acts, in the second half of it, starting at the 15th verse, what happened to that disciple. And uh, it's very interesting. Those little, how much, what did that little chump change he uh, gave Jesus up for? <laughs> it tells what he did with the money afterwards. And yeah, and what they had to do because there was now something missing from the ministry. Regardless of the reasons why people separate from ministries, there's still something that's missing when that person leaves and that spot needs to be filled. So God has given me something to tell you. And before we go forth, I do want to pray. Uh, can you hear me now, Kimberly? <laughs> Before we go, I'm I'm looking at uh, the comments. I want to make sure everyone can hear. Um, so we're going to pray. And I truly, truly, I hope that you have a heart to receive this. Everything is in love. Hear me when, trust me when I say, <laughs> I am saying this to you in love, okay? Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this fellowship of family and faithful believers. God, I ask right now that you would open our hearts, our minds, and our ears so that we can receive the word that you have poured into us. God, I ask also that not only do we hear this word, but we will have feet that have action to go, that we will take this word to and fro, that we will run and tell somebody what thus says the Lord. All these things I ask in your son Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. All right, we're in the book of Acts. I, second service for me, don't need to be long. Okay? <laughs> so, I am though, I am going to read verses, uh, a few verses. So we're in Acts 1. If those of you who can uh, type whatever is significant and sticks out to you, Comment it so that other people can follow along later, or I can go back through and, you know, uh, transcribe this. So we're in Acts 1, the first verse. I'm just going to read it first, and then we'll go forth, okay? The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, 
of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which saith he, ye have heard of me for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy ghost. Not many days hence when they therefore were come together, They asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into the heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. They returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon's zealots, and Judas, the brother of James. Pause. This is a different Judas, just so you know. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his word. I just want to talk to you. The Holy Spirit has given it to me clear as day. And I'm going to tag this, preparing for the promises of God. God's word, his logos, is very, very powerful. Understand that the mere words, the syllables, the sounds, the nouns, pronouns, the verbs, all of God's word is very powerful. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was. We have to understand that when God said something, it has to happen. The Bible tells us that God's word will not return to him void, but it shall accomplish everything that it is destined to accomplish. Let me take you to Hebrews 4 and 12. I got to prove it to you. I, I, don't take my word for it. 
Hebrews 4 and 12, it says very plainly, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If he said it, if God said something, you might as well consider it a done deal. When he said it to you, when he promised it to you, consider it to yourself. It is already done. If God said he's a way maker, it's already done. If he said he's a sustainer, it's already done. If he promised you something, it shall come to pass. But here's the question. Here's the question that many of us, all of us always having. What do I do while I'm waiting? Why do I have to wait? What am I waiting for? How do you wait? There's a certain attitude. There's a certain characteristic. You have to move a certain way while you are waiting. Realize that just because you're waiting doesn't mean the answer is no. It just means hold on and wait. Anything that's worth waiting for, anything that's worth fighting for, you you need to appreciate the journey along the way. There's preparation that has to be done while we're preparing for the promise of the Holy Spirit to come through on Pentecost. There are certain things that we must do. There are certain promises that you are personally waiting for God to, to bring into fruition. You still wait, but you got to have an attitude, a certain attitude, a certain, a certain reflection of Christ while you are waiting on him. Here we are. We see the disciples. They're talking to Jesus. He's already been walking the earth after resurrection for 40 days. He he tells them to wait. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. We've been walking with you for three and a half years. We've seen you work the miracles. We've seen you. You said, nah, Lord, you said to us, that your day will come. You told Peter that he would deny you three times, even though he denied that he would deny you. But when the time came, that faithful Peter, the same Peter who walked on water with him, the same Peter that is soon to give the greatest exegesis of a text, that same Peter was the one who denied him still. Even if your heart is, I love the Lord, I want to do it, I want to do everything. He's there are times. Come on, let's keep it real with God. There are times we fall short. So how do we wait properly? Jesus is talking to them. He says in verse four, wait for the promise of the father. God has promised you something. He said that he already told us what the promise is. He told us that the comforter was coming. This comforter that Jesus was talking about, you know, a comforter that you have on your bed or like you can just wrap in the comforter. It's so uh, comforting. It makes you feel good. It When you have a bad day and you get in bed and you wrap yourself in the comfort, the comforter that you have, you all the worries of the world seem to melt away. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. You are wrapped in it. It dwells within you. And so this is the promise that God gave us. God, the Father, 
gave the message to God, the son, who is Jesus Christ, Christos. And he had taught the disciples that the comforter was still on the way that, uh, there's still things to be done. Even though Jesus has ascended, there are still promises that God has for us. And so he tells them, look, this ain't the same promise <laughs> of before. He had to put a distinction on it. Okay. So he says, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit, not many days hence. So you need to know, the Holy Spirit, when you accept Jesus, when you have accepted the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, then you shall receive, according to the word of, of Jesus, my, my letters are in red, and it's not because I highlighted them that way. He said, ye have heard of me. I've told you this. Let me remind you some of the promises that Jesus has made. The Holy Spirit, everybody can get it. Ever, this ain't Old Testament where you had to be exclusively uh, chosen by God to receive the spirit of God. We, we post New Testament. The moment that you confess Jesus, your Holy Spirit, which is dwelling in you, is activated. Everybody can get this. Everybody can. All you have to do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So you first need to know what he promised you. You need to know what God has promised you because God is not a man that he shall lie. He, he's, he the truth <laughs> for real. He's not going to lie to you. If he said he's going to make a way for you, he's going to make a way because he, he's all powerful. He is the way maker. Okay, so we have to first know what he promised you. What did God promise you? Here he's promising the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. So, of course, you know, sometimes we, we're fine with waiting. I'm a witness. Look, I ain't going to put nobody on blast. There are times, there's something in very specific that God has promised me. Okay, and he promised me this promise when I was 16 years old. Okay. <laughs> and I have been holding on <laughs> to that promise. Every day I get a little closer to the promise being fulfilled. Every day I get more patient waiting on the promise to be, be fulfilled. What's your attitude while you're waiting? Jesus said it shall come to pass. Whatever he promised, it's going to happen. So instead of worrying while you're sitting in the waiting room, you need to be worshiping. You need to be praying. You need to be fasting. You need to be doing something because why? It's already done. You have to uh, activate, act like you got it. Act like you already have it because he said, if I said it, it shall come to pass. So when he said it, you already obtain it. So you need to have a spirit and attitude of rejoicing. Yep, that's my car. I just ain't signed the lease papers yet. Yep, that's my house. I just ain't signed the mortgage yet. It's already mine. Speak what you expect. <laughs> come on, Holy Spirit. So we are... This is how we truly know that we are God's disciples because we act just like them. Jesus said something. And of course, now they got questions. Here we are in verse six. They ask, 
When they therefore were come together, they asked him saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Listen, <laughs> let me, let me show you Jesus clap back first. Okay. Verse seven. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father have put in his own power. First of all, you asking questions that's way above your spiritual pay grade. <laughs> Look, Jesus, I love him. I love the Lord. I'm telling you, in getting to know Jesus, I, I'm telling you, Jesus is my guy. That's my dude. His clapback is very crafty. He's he's perfected the art of what I call nice nasty. You say what you say and mean what you say, but you saying what you're saying in a very nice way. It's basically the scripture is to be uh, what I was taught to be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. Look, I could tell you what I said. And I can say it very nice. You'll be up the street and at home about to go to bed like, wait a minute. Did she just get me together? Jesus got the disciples together. Let's get all the disciples together. It's not for us to know how he's going to make the way. Okay. All you need to know and trust in is that he will make a way. Do you hear what I'm saying? You, you, you hear me? right? I'm going to say it again. It is not for us to know how the way maker will make a way. It's only for us to know and to trust that he will make a way and act like it. Act like it's already done. Say to yourself, you know what? I prayed for it. It's already done. Uh, God promised it to me. It's already done. I don't care how many people don't believe that this podcast going to be the next podcast. Guess what? It's already done. I don't care. It doesn't matter. You stand on God's promise. That's your foundation. Wrap yourself in his promise. Live in his promise. Love in his promise. Vision in his promise. He gave you that book. Envision that it's going to be a bestseller. He gave you the promise. Live in it. Hold it. Trust it. This ain't one of them weak pinky promises that we made at kids. We're like, I pinky promised I ain't going to tell nobody. But as soon as my mama brought out the belt, I was snitching like a dude on the first 48. Do you hear me? This ain't the same thing. It's not. This is something totally. When God promised you something. It's yours already. It's already done. Say it to yourself. It's already done. Oh, my God. Holy Spirit. We only in the seventh verse. <laughs> he says in verse eight, but ye shall receive power. Look at the order while you are waiting. It's very important to know what you're waiting for. He's telling us that we, first of all, shall receive power. You're going to receive the power before the Holy Spirit. There is power that you already have before the activation of the Holy Spirit. He says in verse eight, but ye shall receive power, comma, after that, the Holy Ghost is a come upon you. So you already got to walk in your power. You in your power. Come on. Act like you were powerful being from God. Act like he made you powerful. Whatever industry that you work in, you powerful in that industry. Whatever role yo, you have in natural life, you powerful in that thing. Come on. You got to believe it. Faith it until he manifests it. Okay. 
Oh, we waiting on the promise. We preparing for the promise. You got the right attitude. You believe on that thing because God said it. Well, when your mama said she was going to get you that certain thing for your birthday, that certain thing for prom, for that certain thing for graduation, you believed on that thing. You knew that one day there would be a day when that thing will come to pass. You stand on it. You believe it like every day is Christmas. It shall be done. Do you hear me? Oh, my God. I need to turn the fan up in here. <laughs> and then he says, after you receive your power, which you are already walking in. Look, if this is, if we're preparing for Pentecost, Jesus has already ascended. He's walked the earth for 40 days. And then 10 days later, that's when the Holy, that's when the upper room was lit. That was the first lit party ever. Because the fire came. <laughs> so after we receive our power through the acceptance of Jesus, then the Holy, Co Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then there's a, another thing you must do. Then ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Ju Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus told us to tell somebody about him. Don't hold the word to yourself. Yes, keep some for yourself, live it for your life. But Jesus charged us to open your mouth and tell somebody about him. Tell about what he's done. Tell about what he did in the book. Tell about what he did in your life. Tell what he's doing in your church's life. Tell, tell somebody what Martin Lawrence say, run and tell that. Tell somebody <laughs> about the goodness of the Lord. So he charged them. He said, he gives instructions. So while you're waiting, get your attitude together. Make sure you waiting properly. After that, you need to listen for what he tells you to do. Because he's not going to just have you in the waiting room like the doctor office do. And they just leave you there. And you there with a bunch of random people. No. When, while you're waiting with God, he gives you instructions. He's always speaking. The question is, are you listening? He speaks so many different ways. Listen for the call in the waiting room. You got to listen when the PA goes and says, now patient such and such, uh, when the nurse comes out and calls the name of the person who's next. You got to listen. You can't be so distracted with the fact that you've been waiting for an hour that you don't hear when your name is called. Do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? God wants us to wait properly because he he's assured us that it's coming. Whatever he promised you, it's on the way. But you got to wait with the right attitude. You got to wait with the right spirit. You got to wait with the right people. Oh, <laughs> this is why your accountability buddy is very important. You got to choose your circle correctly. Because you don't want a, a snake in your in your circle and they lead you to slither somewhere when God is telling you to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. <laughs> I feel excited. I'm good. I might be preaching to myself because I y'all was on Midnight Miracles <laughs> when I told you, Lord, where he at? And God sent a word for me to preach to y'all and myself. And so he says, you got to wait. Trust God's power. Trust, trust that he's doing what he said he did. He would. 
So here he is. He tells them to wait in Jerusalem, okay? While he's still talking to them, he's doing uh, divine things. Look at this. Verse 9, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And then here we go. And while they looked steadfastly fastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. It doesn't say that they are angels, but we can conclude that these got to be some divine gentlemen, okay? They in white apparel, all right? And they came from nowhere. Okay, because did you see where anywhere where I had read where it said, and then while this happened, then these two gentlemen who walked past and no, and then suddenly, steadfastly, straightway, miraculous, instantly, what we trust and believe in midnight mirrors, an instant miracle, instantly, as Jesus is ascending, here come these two men. So here's the thing. As Jesus is talking to you about your promise. As you're listening to him about your promise, notice that he's doing divine things while you're listening. He working while you're listening. You might not see all the things that it took for God to crack open the sky, for the cloud to come and lift up Jesus, for Jesus to be lifted up. You don't have to know all the things Jesus said. Just trust that he's working for us. Not only is he going to be working while he's still talking to us, while he's still ministering us, while he's still encouraging us, he will send us messengers. Verse 10 shows us. It's always in those moments where we have those questions that that certain person will come and contact us. There'll be something that we will uh, we'll encounter somebody who will also drop a knowledge nugget on us. Somebody that'll give us that little bit of hope, that confident expectation to continue to hold on to his him until we get the promise to continue to press through uh, the pressing. There's so many people trying to get to Jesus, but I need Jesus to hear me. You got to hold on. Notice he'll he'll connect you with the people you need to be connected with so that you can wait properly in the right environment with the right God squad that will help you wait joyfully on your promises. Oh my God. So they tell him, they tell them the same Jesus that you see ascending up in a cloud. That's the same way that the book of Revelation says that he's going to come back. The trumpet will sound, the sky will crack, and he shall descend on a cloud. They telling you, listen, you looking at the miracle of right now and you're in all that. Guess what? The remix is coming in Revelation. He going to descend on that same thing. Listen to the things. See, sometimes a question for right now and he'll give you a sneak peek answer for something to prepare you for later. Uh, at the end of last year, God had dropped a mighty, mighty word in my spirit. And it was Daniel 6. I studied this scripture front to back so much that I know the entire chapter of Daniel 6 by heart. And I thought I was only going to preach that at one church. But God, that message was so rhema. It was a preparation for something that I didn't even know about. You know, Daniel in the den in isolation of darkness. God had me to go everywhere. Every assignment that I got from God from uh, September 
all the way to the end of January, all I preached was Daniel six. That had never happened to me before that God wouldn't give me another scripture. He wouldn't give me another uh, sermon other than Daniel six. I preached that thing everywhere. I went from September all the way to January. And then in February, the pandemic came. I didn't know. Look, it, it is not for you to know <laughs> the times or the seasons which the father have put in his own power. All I knew was that I had to tell as many people as possible this word. And, and <laughs> God be setting us up, but he also leaves us clues. Everywhere I went, I preached that message and there was only one church that God told me to show up at. I'm talking about churches. I wasn't on program to preach this. Let me truly explain the divinity that worked in here. I was only, my calendar, my ministry calendar only had one church that I was going to preach this message at in November, okay? But I had began preaching it in September. And every church after, I would get one church. (laughs) In fact, I had woke up on that Monday and I, was, I wasn't scheduled to preach for another two months. I had nothing on the calendar. But I woke up that Monday and the Holy Spirit said, you preaching Sunday. So naturally, I, of course, I assumed that I was going to preach at my home church. So I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm preaching at New Pro. Cool. <laughs> no, I went to a skate party on, um, well, I went to Bible class on Wednesday and I'm thinking this is the day that my pastor going to pull me aside and be like, uh, evangelist Andy, I need you to go ahead and bring the word on uh Sunday. Yeah. We had Bible class truth night and all that. And we locking up and I'm like, he ain't said nothing about me preaching, but all week I kept hearing you better prepare you preaching Sunday. So come Thursday, I went to a skating party have fun. And then I remembered I found a ticket to another skating party. That was that Friday. So I decided to go to that skating party and I brought a whole bunch of people with me. Skating party almost done. And that pastor came up to me and said, what you doing Sunday? I said, praising the Lord. What you doing Sunday? (laughs) And he was like, I mean, yeah, evangelist, Andy, I know you're doing that. Why you always got to be like, I'm like, you asked me what I was doing. So then he was like, well, Okay, uh, I need you to preach Sunday. Do do you listen? My face when this joker said, "Yeah, well, I need you to preach Sunday," because the preacher that I had, they had to cancel, and um, I, I my I was gonna call you, but I was like, I'm a caller after the skate party. Then I show up to the skate party. So divine order. Now, listen to what I said. The person that was supposed to preach had canceled because certain other things happened. I just so happened to find the ticket in my pocket and I went. And then next thing you know, boom, I'm preaching that Sunday. So you have to understand, you got to hold on to, (laughs) to the word of God. It may not make sense when you first get it, but trust, there is a reason why God is telling us to prepare for his promises. There are something, some things, I know Pentecost is coming. 
That's Sunday. That's next Sunday. We got seven days before Pentecost, the outpour of the Holy Spirit. But there are personal promises that you have asked God for. And God is telling you, prepare for the promise. So he goes in. They listen. They go to Jerusalem. They're waiting in the upper room. This is why you have to be surrounded by the right people while you are waiting. Because in verse 13, it lists all of the disciples that were there. And then that's where you're introduced to Judas, the brother of James. Now, this is where your study comes in. Because I would first think like the only Judas that I thought was rolling with Jesus was the one that betrayed him. No. No, no, no. There were two. That's why anytime they're talking about Judas, the betrayer, they say Judas Iscariot. They put his other name up because there's a lot of people named Andrea Thomas. I, I checked on Facebook, but there's only one evangelist, Andy. You know what I'm saying? You have to know the distinction of who is being who, because there's a few James. There's a couple of Johns. There's a couple of other people named Jesus, okay? Because these are common names. So you need to make sure we know who you talk. This ain't the same Judas <laughs> that betrayed him, and now he in the upper room. No, you know Peter wasn't having that. <laughs> so so after Judas betrayed him, he went on his way. And we find in, in verse 14, I want this to be very known that although it lists the disciples being there in verse 14, what does it say? These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. So while you are waiting, you need to be praying and doing something else. You need to pray and fast, pray, meditate, pray, Praise, pray, study, pray and do something. Watch and pray. You got to do more than just keep asking for something. Give him some more devotion. Give him something. Give him what you owe him. While you, they continued on one accord in prayer and supplication with the women. The women were there. The women were in the upper room with the disciples, okay? And Mother Mary was there, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. That's when I first realized Jesus, I was like, wait, his brothers was there? It was a lot of people in the upper room. It, it was a lot of people there. Recognize the disciples were there. The women who believed and funded the ministry were there. Yeah, uh, his mama was there. There were a lot of people in the room, if you read verse 15, you know how many people are in the room. They wasn't practicing uh, social distancing in this room. Verse 15, and in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of the names together were about 120. Now we got 12 disciples listed. Well, 11 disciples listed. We got Mary listed, and then it's his brethren and some more people. 120 people in there? 120. And you know, when women go anywhere, we, we go together. It's more than one of us together. Do not um, discredit the importance of women in ministry. 
They were there. They were there with walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus, and they were there waiting because Jesus said to wait. Women, please understand. Please recognize you are essential to ministry. You are important. God has put a purpose on each and every one of us. It was Mary Magdalene, the one who was afflicted with seven demons, seven spirits who Jesus, he worked a miracle on her and she became Mary at the cross. The one that was there, the one that was at the, uh, she was at the tomb and, and Jesus appeared, revealed himself to her. And he gave her the message to tell the disciples that everything he said he did it has come to pass. Now, let me be your married disciples. I'm telling you everything that Jesus has said, everything that he has promised you, everything that God said, it shall be done. You got to wait properly. Come on. Somebody need to wait with the right people. You need to wait with a spirit of expectation that is on the way. It's on the way. It might not be here right now. It might not be here tomorrow. But guess what? If God said it, it's already done. Let me tell you about waiting. I've been waiting for a sewing machine since Cinco de Mayo. Okay, they gave me a date of when this sewing machine would be here. And the first date came and passed. You know, you got to call and check like, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, you told me that the sewing machine would be here on the 12th. It is now uh, the 14th. I just need to know the status while I am waiting. See, when you're waiting on a package, you're able to track it. Let me show you how you're able to track the progress of the promise that God has promised you. If he continues to keep waking you up, that's a good track right there because I got to be woke in order to receive what it is God said he's going to give me. Yeah, you might be tired. You might be complaining. You know, FedEx, they bring your stuff. Sometimes they throw it on a porch. Sometimes they just, oh my God. But God, when he takes care of the package, he handles it with care. He makes sure that you are at the right level to receive the promise. And he makes sure that you know he gave you the promise. So here it is. The disciples, they're sitting here. They're discussing. They're waiting for the promise of the father. And while they are waiting, they realize something is missing in the ministry. Judas Iscariot has gone astray. He's bought the field. He used what he obtained by betraying God. And now he's bought a plot of field where he went and committed suicide. But here's the important thing that I want you to see about Judas Iscariot. Even your enemies are essential. Verse 16, men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. Did you know there was a prophecy about Judas Iscariot? betraying Jesus. See, remember I told you the Old Testament prophesies the New Testament and the New Testament confirms the Old Testament. Just like there are prophecies about our Lord and Savior Jesus, there is a prophecy about Judas. And so your homework <laughs> is going to be to find the prophecy about Judas. You already got the clues. David spoke it. David ain't in the New Testament, so you know that is the answer is going to be in, in the Old Testament. David prophesied about Judas betraying Jesus. And I don't even care if you Google it. 
But when Bible study happens Thursday, I want to have your answers. So I'm almost done, you guys. I'm sorry. I'm almost done. Just give me 10. Give me 10. Because it's something important and I have to uh, prepare you for Bible study. So here it is. David has prophesied about Judas. And though someone has left ministries, people may have passed away because of the pandemic. There, that spot has to be fulfilled. And the funny and important and significant thing is, uh, while we're waiting for uh, the promise, God is going to position us for the promise. Here, Judas has gone away. He He's committed suicide. There still needs to be 12 disciples. There's a certain criteria for you to be uh, positioned properly. First of all, the first criteria is that you have to be walking with Jesus. You got to be one of his people. You can't expect to be elevated in God and you not listening to God. You can't expect to get these, uh, the wealth of the wicked that's reserved for you. And you won't even listen to him concerning the wealth that you already have. You have to already be in line with him and obedient. He's going to position you faithfulness faithfulness. He, he loves our faithfulness and he blesses us because of our faithfulness. So the criteria, it has to be someone that's already been walking with, with us. And there was a timeline. They had to have joined the ministry from the moment that Jesus got baptized at the Jordan with John. That's why it's important to read because John baptized in water. And Jesus, that's why we are now baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, because Jesus fulfilled all those things. So there's a certain criteria for you to be elevated this year. You cannot think that, here's an example, you can't think that just because you've been a deacon for four to 40 years, that you are uh, that you next in line, ain't no spiritual seniority is what I'm trying to tell you. You can't think that just because I've been on the job, I've been in the church, this particular church for this amount of time, that when a position becomes open, that you are automatically in the running for it. First of all, you have to be faithful. Do you come every every time the doors is open? Then why would we elevate you to preacher if you not even in attendance as member? You know, you have to anytime when God is preparing us for the elevation. And I've learned this through my pastor. That when before the title comes, you're already doing what the title requires. Um, when I became when pastor announced that I would be going under their examination as an evangelist. I was already doing the work of an evangelist. He was already approving for me to preach and teach at different places, different churches, and be able to teach leadership. I was already doing because that was my heart. That's my heart. The word discerns the true intent of the heart. Hebrews told us that. That what you truly desire, your real love of God will show. 
You will serve God whether they uh, throw you an appreciation or not. You will keep cleaning up the church whether you get a couple dollars or not because you do everything as if you're serving the Lord. Do everything as if it's a service to Christ because you never know. Someone may see you and we we entertain. Uh, be careful about entertaining strangers. Because look, these two just popped up on the disciples and they didn't know where he came from. So you, everything you do, do it as if it's service to the Lord. There's someone that needs to prepare to be elevated. Okay. There are certain criteria that's being discussed without even your knowledge. There's people in places that are able to elevate you to that level. You just keep your faithfulness. Wait with a spirit of expectation. Wait with joy. Wait and be encouraged. Don't be disappointed that you got to wait so long because trust me, when it comes, you don't care how long you waited. You just happy that you got it. The day that you get saved, you, you don't, you're not thinking about how long it was, how how out there you was. You just happy that you got your salvation. So you got to wait. Somebody's getting elevated and there, it was down to two people. There was one Joseph called, uh, Sabbath, who was surnamed justice. Okay. Joseph justice was one person. And then there was Matthias. Okay. And while they were waiting, they were also praying. You have to still communicate with God, even though you're waiting for one particular promise. I know I check in with him like, Lord, I, I know it's coming to pass. I just want you to know. I remember. <laughs> I remember the promise, Lord, and I'm holding on that it shall come. And and I call people if I feel like, you know what? I don't want to wait no more. Maybe uh, settling is good enough because at least if I settle, then I at least got something. But if I'm waiting, then, you know, I ain't got nothing. No, don't you settle for nothing. Look. <laughs> Y'all see me? See the seriousness in my face? Don't you settle. Because what God has for you is the best of everything. If you've been praying for a job, he's going to give you the best job. It's going to be the job with the best benefits. It's going to be the job that gives you the best office. It's going to be the job that gives you the best pay and benefit package. Like God don't give you no raggedy stuff. (laughs) He ain't give us a raggedy savior. So Why would he give us anything raggedy when we are a part of him? Because we have been made in his image and we are made to conquer. We are overcomers. You got to get your mind right though. All right. We got, I got what? Six more minutes. So I'm going to get, I get one minute on this and then you get your special instruction. And so after they prayed and they cast lots, that's like pulling other straws. Like, all right, we going these two good brothers. These are two. Cause right now, while you're right now, I'm telling you, somebody is in this stage. It's between you and somebody else. It's between you and somebody else. And and it's that something about you that's gonna get you that elevated position, that 
that job you've been seeking. You might be tired of staying at home, collecting unemployment, and you want another job, but your job ain't open. It's going to be between you and some other person. It's going to be something about you, Matthias. It's going to be something about you, Matthias. You might not got as many names as Joseph uh, Barabbas uh, uh, Justice. It's something about you, Matthias. Come on, Matthias. The promise is coming. And so when they prayed and they asked God, seek God in everything, every decision along the way. You may be waiting um, for your unemployment and God give you an opportunity and uh, it's under the table. You better ask God, hey, is this the one that I should take? And you listen, you wait on the Lord. Waiting is not bad. It's just like quarantine is not bad. It just refocuses and reshifts you. Instead of the time you spent going here and there, now you must stay still and be here and there with God. You know, it's just a reshifting. So then after they prayed and they asked God, show us who is the one. And God showed them in verse 25, and he may take part of his ministry and apostleship. It's very important. Let me read this right quick because when they prayed to God, they prayed very specifically and they prayed verse 24 and said, thou Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, because God sees everything. Some people act right at the interview and be like, I'm always on time. I come 15 minutes early. Day one, day 15 minutes late. Like there's one thing God know the true intentions of people. He said that knoweth the hearts of all men. Show whether of these two thou hast chosen. There's going to be an interviewer that has to decide between somebody. There's going to be a banker that has to decide against somebody. There's going to be a car dealership, a realty agent that's going to, which one should get, get the promise? And it'll be something about you because we are devoted disciples. And so verse 25, and they may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots and the lot fell upon Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. You're blessed by association. Matthias was blessed by association because nowhere in the synoptic gospels do you ever hear a mention of Matthias. But in the book of Acts, when they're thinking of the criteria, this has to be somebody that was there when Jesus got baptized. This has to be somebody that was there when the Holy Spirit ascended on Jesus. This got to be somebody that's seen him do the healing, the miracles, the signs, the wonders that heard everything. Every sermon, boom, here come Matthias. You Matthias, okay? (laughs) They may not know your name now. They may not know your family now, but boom, you about to be Matthias. You got to come. It don't matter. I don't have to have my name in the first four books, but in the first chapter of the book of Acts, I'm right there. Boom, you Matthias. Somebody say, I'll be Matthias. I'll be the one chosen. I'm the one that was there. I still believe in God. I've been trusting God, whether the church was open or closed. I am the church. I am Matthias. Somebody be excited. (laughs) I'm excited that you are Matthias. (laughs) And so we thank God because it's because somebody else 
didn't do the will of the Lord, that the door was open for somebody that believes and will do the will of the Lord, that you can come in and receive the benefit, can receive the blessing, can receive the promise of God. God's going to position you. He's the way maker. It is not (laughs) for you to know the times or the seasons. You keep putting in them job application. You keep trying to study and and passing. You keep going, keep doing it. Because if he said it, it's already done. If he promised it to you, it shall be yours. But while you are waiting, have the right attitude. While you're waiting, you better listen for the word of God. While you're waiting, surround yourself with other believers. And while you're waiting, you better pray and praise the Lord. Somebody... Give God a hand. (laughs) I'm excited in Jesus. (laughs) Uh, I I thank the Lord for all that he has done. And because I'm a witness, there are many opportunities that I have received because somebody else wasn't able to make it. I was able to preach my first conference, uh, first women's conference, because Uh, one of the preachers had a situation and she couldn't make it. And the woman who organized the thing was driving. And when the woman called said, I can't make it. They don't put out flyers with this lady picture on it saying she's going to preach the house down and everything. And I was only coming to the conference because I was trying to be a background singer in the praise team. (laughs) I wasn't even trying to preach on the thing, but she prayed to God the night before and said, Lord, please tell me who can, Feel this spot. Who is the one that can preach to these women? Who has a word for the women? And then one morning, the next morning, when she was driving home, driving to work, uh, she told me as clear as day that the Lord said at that time I was Minister Andy. And she said she heard it clear as day while driving on the freeway that God told her to call me for me to preach that conference. And when she called me, I just so happened to be on break and reading my Bible and wondering when they was going to call me to let me know I made it on the praise team. (laughs) And she called and told me that she wanted me to be one of the main preachers on the conference. So listen, ain't nothing wrong with being in the background until the Lord says it's time for you to come out front. I had been living in the background, loving the background. And God was pushing me to the foreground. God is doing the same thing for one of you. One of you have, has been Matthias. You've been in the background. You've been supporting the ministry. You've been doing what God said, but people just didn't know your name. God will open a door for everyone to know what your name is before. They didn't know who Andy was. Now as people that know minister Andy, now they know it. God will make a way, just be faithful to him. Hold on to his promises because whatever he promised you, he's not a liar. It's already done. You just got to wait and be patient. Be patient. Come on. (laughs) God is good and he's worthy to be praised. He ain't never let us down before. He ain't going to do it now. As we prepare for the promises, let us also prepare for Pentecost. God is telling somebody, prepare for your promise. That thing you've been holding on, that thing you said God going to give me, whatever it is, hold on to it. It's already yours. Just wait with worship on your mind, okay? 
All right. I hope you were uh, encouraged. I hope that someone was truly encouraged and and edified. It's okay to be Matthias. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you're still an apostle. Okay. <laughs> it don't matter. Don't matter. God, st- God knows your name. God knows your heart. And in the right season, God will whisper your name to the right person. You just got to wait properly. You got to Act like you already got the book deal and keep writing the book. Act like you already got the clothing line and keep making your uh, fashion. Act like you're already America's uh, premier model, top model, and keep going to the do a fashion show on live. Okay, so get creative with it. Use what God has given you. You wait properly. Act like it's already yours. Act like you already Oprah Winfrey Jr. Jr. (laughs) okay act like it because it's already done god loves his people he never leaves us stranded without a word we see that as he ascended he left a word through the two messengers to tell us a sneak peek of the future that the promise is coming the promise is coming just wait with a spirit of expectation and praise on your lips. I thank each and every one of you. And I hope that you were encouraged just to hold on a little while longer. I promise you, once you get what God promised you, you'll be bragging about how long you waited. That'll be your testimony. You will run it to, man, I waited for a husband for 45 years. Glory, I got him. <laughs> you don't care. How long it was? You like it's mine. Uh, uh, that's me right there. <laughs> you trust him. You'll wait with him because that's important. Jesus waits with us. You're not alone. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. It's waiting with you. It's it's feeding you, encouraging, and sustaining you. It's wrapping you. It's your comforter. And so if you want to give your life to Christ, whether right now live or you watch it later, just say yes. And I will definitely reach out to you. If you believe that he died and and he was on the cross and, and he stayed dead for three days, but he got up with all power in his hands, say yes. And if you believe because he is the true son of God because he died and resurrected that he has all power in his hand and that you too shall have eternal life with him. If you believe that just say yes or send a heart or, or give a thumbs up and I will reach out to you and I will get you connected to a pastor or you can keep rolling with me because we got the Holy Ghost over here. (laughs) Come and be a disciple of God and, and God will continue to guide us through the Holy Spirit so that we can, uh, elevate and we can prepare for all the promises of God. He promised me more than one thing. So I'm waiting on all my promises. He promised me more than one thing. And I'm telling you, he has fulfilled a lot of the things that he has promised. And some things I forgot until it came to pass. And then I was like, oh yeah, he did promise me that. Thank you, Lord. My car was a promise. I had picked out the car. I had described to God everything I wanted with the car. 
And when I got the car, I completely forgot that I said I wanted a car with an automatic start. But then he sent it, and I thank God for my new car, Disciple. That's right, I named my car Disciple, because we going everywhere, telling people about the love of the Lord. So if you want to give your life to Christ, you can do that. You can inbox me. You can comment below. But please be encouraged that God wants you. I only have one announcement. And thank you for staying with me. Thank you for sharing it with somebody. I saw that you shared it. <laughs> I thank you for that. I want to prepare you because we're preparing for the promise of Pentecost. Pentecost is next Sunday, uh, May 31st, 2020. We know this year has been something interesting. And I am believing and trusting God that Pentecost this year because of everything that's going on and because of the level of faith that God's people has in this year. Pentecost, read chapter two of Acts for Bible class on Thursday. I will do a sneak peek uh, Bible class on Wednesday, just in case <laughs> something happens again for Thursday. But my announcement is, is this. Because you have to do this thing that I'm going to say before midnight tonight. Because there's no midnight miracles tonight. But this is what you must do before midnight miracles tonight. So you have what? Six and a half hours, something like that. Okay. So we did midnight miracles on Saturday. No, it was Friday, I think. Well, the last Midnight Miracles, after the live was over, I was driving back to my house and I heard as clear as day, the Lord is in the room. Make your special request known to him. And so instantly I'm like reaching out. I commented on the last, <laughs> the last Midnight Miracles. It had to be like, two o'clock in the morning or something. And I'm like, oh no, God, they're not going to hear it. They all went to bed because I told them to go to sleep. <laughs> and so I'm telling you now, the Lord is in the room. We prayed for God. We paid Dr. Jesus for him to come into the room. And the Holy Spirit answered and said, the Lord is in the room. You have until midnight tonight to do these things. Okay. And Wednesday will be a sneak peek of um, Bible class on Thursday. So when I go live on Wednesday, you can ask all the questions that you have before we get into the deepness of Pentecost on, thank you, Luciana, it was Friday. <laughs> before we get into the deepness that is Pentecost to understand what happened in that upper room and what happened afterwards. So the first thing that you need to know, and I'll go back later to write down these things, because if you do anything halfway, there are penalties. First thing that you need to do for the Lord is in the room, okay? Write down your special prayer request. Either put it on a piece of paper, your journal, or in your phone, uh, your phone calendar or your memos or everything. I put everything in my phone. So mine's is on my calendar. So you write down, it could be however many special requests. Okay. But these are special specific. These not your everyday prayers. This is something 
that when this comes to pass, you know, God did that. You know, God did that. Okay. Like this is digging deep. You got to dig deep. You got to go on another level for this one. So write down your special prayer request on a, however it is and write the date on it. So for today, it'd be uh five 24, 20, uh, and whatever your request is. I don't want to say a request because it might be somebody's and I don't want the penalty to come because I said it. So whatever your special prayer request is, write that down and put the date on it. The number two thing, which is should be number one, <laughs> but number two is you can't tell nobody. Hold on, podcast people. Listen to me. I know we like to share everything and we like to tell every people everything that's going on in our life. But there are times in the Bible where Jesus told people after they got their miracle not to tell anybody. God is telling me to tell you whatever you write on this, wherever you write it, whatever the prayer request is, do not tell anybody what you have prayed. Here's why. If you tell somebody what your special request is, prayer request is, there is a penalty. And the penalty is that it will be delayed in coming. Okay. So it's not canceled. That's the good thing. It's not canceled, but you're going to have to wait longer <laughs> if you tell somebody <laughs> what you, what you promise. And I, when the Holy Spirit was giving me these instructions, I was like, <laughs> I like to tell everybody everything. <laughs> so I have to hold myself accountable to this. This is for the Lord is in the room, okay? So you write down your special prayer request. You put the date by it, whatever it is, because you're going to keep a record. You're going to keep track. So once you write down what your special prayer requests are, put it in a place where only you would know, where only you can look at it and, and pray over it again and again. But don't tell nobody what these, these requests are, okay? Because if you do, it's going to be delayed. Look, we just had a sermon on waiting. You want to wait longer? <laughs> I don't know. So I ain't telling none of y'all. <laughs> Next thing, because this goes along. This is me preparing you because I told you before Pentecost, we're going to fast. So I'm having, Holy Spirit is having you do these things first before Bible class so it'll make sense because we're going to fast, just so you know. So don't tell anybody what your special request is. So your special request during the fast, remember I said fast with a purpose. It has to be something that will motivate you to complete what you started. So if these requests mean so much to you that you just really need God to do it, that's your why. That's your purpose of your fast. Number two, don't tell nobody, but you can still have an ABC, your accountability buddy in Christ. Okay. So you're not telling them what you prayed for. You just talk it to them and say, 
pray my strength in waiting for what I prayed for, okay? Because you don't always need to know uh, what people are going through specifically in order to pray for them. You just pray for them and the Holy Spirit will reveal if it wants you to know details, okay? So don't tell nobody, but still lean on your accountability partner. Next, we will fast for eight hours, okay? Eight hours on one day. One day, eight hours, okay? It will either be, it's up to you to choose your day. It will either be on Thursday, you'll fast, but I feel like most people gonna wait till Saturday because they want the Bible study lesson <laughs> about the fast. So, but that's... Thursday is still an option. So it's either Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Nope, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. You have to fast. Can't fast on Sunday. The Holy Spirit just told me that because I had wrote a question mark by Sunday. Holy Spirit was like, nope. <laughs> it got to be before Sunday. So for eight hours, you will fast either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Then... On Sunday, when we come to second service for Pentecost, it will all be wonderful. So make sure you read Acts 2. You'll have a sneak peek of Bible study on Wednesday. And the Bible study is Thursday, where we'll go into um, Pentecost. And then on Sunday, it is Pentecost. And we're going to celebrate Pentecost. But Thursday, you will learn why Pentecost is important. So read Acts 2. So this is your fast challenge. The Lord is in the room. Fast challenge. Write down your special request. Put the date by it. Don't tell nobody. Choose your accountability buddies, your prayer partners. Uh, you will fast for eight hours, either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Okay. So on Bible study, we'll talk about the different types of fast because everybody can't do a food fast because of medication. I understand. I get it. We're going to find you a way to fast. Okay. So eight hours. The reason why uh, eight, because eight is new beginnings. We need God to do these new things for us. These new promises uh, to complete some things, make moves in certain areas of our life. We want something new. We don't want to save old. So that's why it's eight hours, okay? You choose your eight hours, but just know eight hours. And we're gonna finish what we started. It doesn't matter if you forget and you stumble, repent, keep it moving, get your eight hours in. Do you hear me? Don't let the enemy trick you. <laughs> so thank you all for coming to Second Service. I hope you learned something. I hope you're encouraged. And I under I completely understand that. Everybody don't want to be challenged in Christ, but know that if you accept the challenge, you finish your challenge, the blessing is already done. You just got to believe. And the reason why God wants you to put the date on when you ask for it, because when it comes to pass, you're going to go back to wherever you wrote that on and you write down when the Lord did it. So if you can't remember nothing else for the rest of your life that the Lord did for you, 
you got at least one thing that will keep you holding on to God. I remember back in 2020 when that pandemic was going, and I know for a fact the Lord answered that prayer. And if he can answer one prayer, he can answer another. And you can believe bigger and you can get blessed better. Do you hear me? All right. So any question, comments, I'll share again um, all the lives that I do. And check out my podcast. If you want to hear this on the podcast, after we're done, I'm going to edit it and it'll be uploaded on the podcast. So please, any information, anytime I go live, I'm going to try to make sure there's also a podcast because Facebook get to trip it sometimes and want to delete things or not let stuff show. So you have plenty different ways to get this word. Okay. I love you all. I'm praying for you all. Uh Run and tell somebody, prepare for the promise. It's on the way. It's on the way. Just, you got to wait properly. <laughs> and I'm telling the Lord now, nah, I'm going to wait as long as possible. However long God has me to wait for this one thing, I'm going to wait. Because I know when I get this one thing, y'all ain't going to be able to tell me nothing. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to stop hearing me talk about it because I am believing God for a lot of things. I wrote down mines in my notebook, and this is my notebook. It has a scripture on it, Joshua 1 and 1. So I wrote mines in here. It says, be brave, be strong and courageous. Be not afraid. Be not discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And I want to leave you with that. I love you all. Have a great rest of the Sunday and I'll see you whenever I go live, but definitely Wednesday and Thursday. Um, Midnight Miracles. Yeah, Monday. So I'll see y'all tomorrow. <laughs> I love you all. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Street Disciples. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to leave me a voice message at anchor.fm backslash street disciples backslash message. I'll answer. Trust me, I will. If you have a question about something you've heard on a previous podcast or you have an idea for another one, please feel free to leave me a message. If you would like to support the ministry and Street Disciples, you can do so at anchor.fm backslash street disciples backslash support. I appreciate any and every support um, and I pray special blessings on anyone that supports this ministry. If you are on Facebook and you would like to join the private group Street Disciples, please look it up in the search and it has the same uh, graphic as the podcast. We're going to discuss previous episodes and any questions that you may have in your real life now. So thank you for supporting me, the Street Disciples, and to God be the glory. Have a great evening.